The first time I had to call the IRS, um, that is a day that will forever be engraved in my head because I was so excited when a person answered and then they're like, I'm sorry, I have to restart my computer, so you're going to have to call back. How long did you be on hold by the time they restarted their computer? A couple hours. I was so... <laughs> I was like, no, like this can't be legal for you to do this to me. <laughs> This is the Generally Accepted Accounting Podcast. That's GAP for all you accounting nerds. It's a podcast produced by Casey Peterson, LTD. We're a firm of CPAs and financial advisors based in Rapid City, South Dakota. And we'll be talking about tax, finance, accounting, audit, and a bunch of other topics that sound really boring, but that we're going to make hip and cool. Or we'll try anyway. So stick around to learn more. Hi, I'm Visual Production Associate Evan Lutis. Hi, I'm Client Experience Manager, Hillary Dobbs Davis. There are a lot of assumptions out there about the accounting profession. Usually it's grumpy old dudes hunched over spreadsheets. But despite what TV and the movies have told us, it's not really the case. And two of our team members, Katie Erb and Tyler McCarthy, talk about what drew them to the profession, why they stay, and what surprised them along the way. Hey, that rhymes. So, whether you think you know the profession or just want to hear what it's really like, listen in to learn more. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. We're here with uh, Tyler and Katie. Uh, Katie is one of our industry leaders, and Tyler is an associate. Welcome to the podcast, you two. Thank you. So uh, this podcast is a little bit different than some of the ones that we've done before, but we wanted to talk about why people get into accounting, why they stay, what they like about the profession, the changes that they hope to see. Um, but before we launch into all of that, let's learn a little bit more about you guys. So Katie, can you talk about your background? Um, how you got into accounting and how long you've been with the firm? You know, like the annoying icebreaker questions that everybody just loves. Maybe a fun fact about yourself, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. So I came from an agriculture background, so I definitely wanted to do something that I could incorporate agriculture into. I rodeoed through college, um, kind of just needed a grown-up job after that. So I started with the firm right out of college and have been working in accounting for seven years and got my CPA license about a year and a half ago. I see running rodeo that's really similar to like rounding up clients and all of the information. It's just a, it's just a different kind of rodeo. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, Tyler, what about you? What's your background? Uh, so I came from Scotts Bluff, which is basically as close to a city as you're going to get in western Nebraska. Uh, so I did not grow up anywhere near farms or anything like that, even though that's pretty much the kind of tax that I work on now. I went to college in Lincoln and did not study accounting at all, and then ended up in Shadron, went back to school for accounting, and then started with GLR in January of 2021, and I've been here ever since. So I guess the COVID years got me to stay. <laughs> so uh, if you didn't do accounting in college and originally, what drew you to it after the fact? Well, when I started working for the college in Shadron, they asked me if I wanted to do an MBA. And I told them I hadn't had a business class since my sophomore year of college the first time, which had been a while. So that was a bad plan. And then they asked, okay, well, maybe you want to take the classes to sit for the CPA exam. And I said, sure, I'll give that a shot. So I did. Oh. Nice. What was your degree the first time out of college? Uh, I double majored in classics and religious studies and classical languages. That's what I thought it was. So you had something to do with words. Yeah. <laughs> <Not> yeah. <enough. laughs> I bet 
I bet there's not many of the people that can say, at least at the firm, that they've got that major under their belt. No. You're leaps and bounds ahead of a lot of people. <laughs> when I graduated, there were seven students in the program, and there were two of us that graduated. So there were five when I left. <laughs> That's a long ceremony. Hope you sat, sat through all of it. <laughs> right. Um, so Katie, we'll jump back to you. What initially attracted you to the accounting profession? Yeah, so I love math and business both, which sounds a little nerdy. Um, and then I also love cows and agriculture. And I wish I could have got started in just cows and made a business that way. But I knew back in college that that probably wasn't going to happen. So I wanted to go into a job that had stability. And I also love helping people. So that kind of gave me a few different options. Um, I actually loved chemistry and really wanted to go into pharmacy. But then I figured out how long it takes or how many years of school it takes to be a pharmacist and figured out quickly that that was not for me. So I thought I wanted to go into banking and I had an internship in college and I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I still like got my minor in banking just in case as a backup plan, but I definitely liked my accounting classes a lot more. So I kind of went into it for those options because I could kind of have the best of both worlds to have a business career, but also work with cows and agriculture as well. Kind of blending both the things that you enjoy, the, the numbers part of things and the, and the cows, numbering the cows. Yeah. So you saw chemistry and said, that's going to take way too long. That's that's too much. So you're like, how about the CPA exam? I hear that's really easy. <laughs> well, <laughs> at least I could start working. I was really tired of being a broke college kid. So at least with the CPA exam, I could like have income while I work towards that and not just be a broke college kid. <laughs> That's fair. That is very Speaking of the CPA exam, Tyler, don't you have something very recent coming up or did you already take that or is that coming up in the next week or so? No, I took my auditing exam yesterday. So I'll get the results in early November. I think it's the 8th. That was the third one that I've taken. So I've taken and passed two and then I've taken the third and then hopefully I'll have one more to go. Is that the, the unpleasant one? The, what is it? Uh, R. Bar. <laughs> bar was the first one I took. Oh, okay. That was, you got um, the hard one out of the way. Right. Yeah. Which one do you have left then? Uh, it should be BEC, but I missed the deadline to apply in Nebraska. So I have to take one of the new ones in January. So Tyler, kind of same question I asked Katie. What, what drew you to the accounting profession, especially having a background that was uh, not numbers or cows or any of that sort of thing? Right. So I started taking the classes after they asked me if I wanted to take them and then decided that I kind of liked it and I wasn't bad at it. So I kept going, got through it and decided if I was going to do this, I was going to go ahead and do it. And I was going to do it as a CPA and not go into industry or anything like that. So then I started looking for where can I go to be a CPA in shattered Nebraska? (laughs) There's There are two firms. So I decided to go with one of them and applied and then stuck with it because it seemed to work out. Interesting. Just curious. So what, what, um, you said you had kind of two firms that you were looking at in Chadron. What drew you to one over the other? Uh, GLR was bigger than the other one's just a sole proprietor. And so I would have just been working for one guy versus GLR. Um, and I don't think he does audits. A little more stability then. Yeah. Right. So Katie, back to you. Um, now you've been in the profession for seven years. Is that right? Yeah. So what makes you stay? So the biggest part for me is flexibility. So my husband's a self-employed truck driver. 
and we do own our own cows now. And then I also like to rodeo and raise a few horses as well. And then we have two little kids, Tessa's two and a half and Till's eight months old. So I always joke between the two of us, we have four full-time jobs. So I kind of had to have something that was going to be flexible and work with that. And thankfully with this, um, we can make our busy seasons not align. So when guy's busy trucking, then I'm the one who takes care of the cows and the kids more. And then during my busy season, he kind of picks up more of the cow and kid side of things so that I can focus on work a little bit better. I really love taxes. Um, I'm kind of a person who gets bored easily and with the tax law constantly changing, there's always something new to learn. Um, it never gets boring because they don't leave it the same long enough to get boring. And then to have a career and not just a job, I've been able to advance within this industry and this career. So that has kept me in it. And then to get to help people. Tax and accounting is not for everybody. And unfortunately, pretty much everybody has to have it in their lives. So it kind of makes me have a purpose or feel like I'm fulfilling a purpose by being able to help people, especially in the farming and ranching world that want to do the farm and the ranch, but don't want anything to do with the numbers. Um, and that really fulfills me to be able to help people through that side of stuff. Yeah, I can totally see that because that's a huge part of farming and ranching is the numbers and taxes and all of the different tax cuts, benefits, also random tax raises, all the crazy stuff. So yeah, it is nice to be able to help such a important part of just society that way with uh, something that they have to fight their way through on a pretty much daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to be an expert in some kind of field where you get to sort of lift the burden off of somebody else and help them focus on the aspects of their, you know, their lifestyle that they really enjoy instead of having to be a bookkeeper and do all the really, the more tedious things. Right. Yeah. I'm very much like Katie, where this is an incredibly fulfilling job because you know, you're helping people, especially that it is something that, you know, it's something we're good at that not everybody's good at. And it takes a special kind of way of thinking about things to be able to be good at this. Um, and so being able to help people operate their businesses or, you know, when we're out auditing, and I trust what I'm being told by these people who are telling me these things. And if you've got that assurance behind it, then yes, you can. And that's very helpful to just the broad community of wherever you're at. And so that's the main thing that keeps me in here is that I know I'm doing something that's useful and important and I like doing it. So that's very true on the, the audit side of things where people, you just say the word audit and people freak out. I mean, understanding what the process is. So having someone who's on your side that can help walk you through that, if you're, you know, a nonprofit or a government agency or whatever, a township or cities or anything like that. Um, yeah, that's really nice. It's, it's nice to be able to be helpful that way. Yeah, for sure. So those are kind of the aspects that, you know, you would said you enjoyed about the industry and the work and how it can be rewarding. You want to kind of get into the other side of things? Like, you know, what's something that you've run into so far that, you know, you wish it wasn't that way or you could change? Um, I don't know if that's like a deadline or just an aspect of the work that you're doing, but what's something that you'd like to see be different? Uh, Tyler, any thoughts, especially now that you've been taking, taking tests? <laughs> right. Well, that's certainly not something I'd want to see changed. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's important. I guess the thing that I would like to see changed is maybe a bit of an extra extension like we had on the tax filing deadlines. Because, I mean, sometimes we've got, you know, farmers have to be done 3-1 or they get subject to penalties and stuff. 
But sometimes if they've got investments or something, you're still waiting on broker statements and those broker statements sometimes change. And then you have to go back and fix the tax return and that just makes it worse. So it'd be nice to be able to have a bit more time to know everything's done before you're actually trying to file these things. I can see that because three months in the beginning of the year doesn't feel like any time at all, especially for farm and ranch. That seems to me. As some floating and competing deadlines, then that makes your window so much more narrow to actually hit something. Yeah. To lobby Congress to make just everything due at the end of the year, it'll be fine. <laughs> no problem. Right around Christmas time. I think that should be great. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't like a tax return for Christmas? I don't know. You know, it could work out. Maybe, maybe uh, if we could if we could schedule it so you have at least until like November 1st. There you go. Then you get your, your checks and your returns by Black Friday shopping. That, that could work out. There you go. <laughs> Katie, what about you? Do you have a, a chance to think about something you'd like to see different about the profession? Um, not that, because I don't want busy season to fall during the summer. <laughs> so I'm going to say not extended tax deadline. I did not enjoy the years of extended tax deadline. I don't know. The, probably the change on the taxable estate limit, um, that's going to be really hard on a lot of farmers and rancher, ranchers that are going to used to not have a taxable estate are now going to because of the reduction of that limit. Um, that is one that I wish I could make that change not happen. But unfortunately, I don't have a magic wand. No power yet. Katie got specific. Yeah. She got into like yeah. legislative changes. That's hard. Yeah. So what's when it comes to this is a kind of different version of that. But when it comes to the future of the profession of what you do, what do you hope to see? Like, how do you hope to see the pr- profession evolve going forward? I suppose I would like to see some of the kind of more mundane stuff taken out of it, you know, where we're just punching numbers versus doing some actual critical thinking about those numbers. That would be nice. And then kind of in the audit stuff where in some firms are doing this, where we can start getting data analytics and that kind of stuff. And again, take some of the number crunching out, but do more critical thinking about what's going on here and make it into more, even more than it already is an intellectual type of field versus doing the rope calculations and stuff by ourselves. So less, less compliant stuff, more advisory type of work. So let's look at the numbers and then let's make some suggestions or some, draw some conclusions from that and help you chart a path forward. Right. Well, and I mean, we're still going to have to know how to do that. I just would prefer to be able to use the computer more and then think more about what does this mean versus how did I get here? Yeah. Kind of the, the purpose as to why you're doing what you're doing and the impacts of it versus the literal, like, like you said, number input and calculating everything. Right. Yeah. Katie, how about you? What are you hoping to see in that future of the profession? I would agree with that. Um, I think that helps us be able to assist on the advisory and the planning side a little bit more. And I think the planning side of things is so important to help individuals and businesses plan for what's coming up so they're not broadsided and just help them do the best they can in preparing for the upcoming year and and be prepared. I really like the planning side of things just to help people, yeah, be able to help them through all that since the tax law is not simple in any way. But is there anything that as you've worked through and been found, is there something that surprised you or something that you didn't expect that kind of just caught you up in that Mr. Kayakard, but you were just surprised by That's tricky. Because, like, when you say accounting, I, again, you know, I've only been exposed to accounting prior to working here through movies right. and TV. Yep. 
And usually it's just somebody sitting in a cubicle, mm-hmm. cranking on an Excel spreadsheet and living kind of a miserable life. Like it looks sad. It doesn't look like there's a work-life balance aspect at all. No one has shown an accountant in a movie that like that person's happy. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Yeah, I I guess I would agree with that. So there's so many different parts to the accounting field that it's really kind of hard to have any clearer idea of what you're going into. And I'm probably going to get myself in trouble for even saying this, but I kind of feel like college really doesn't set you up for an accounting career. Um, What you do in college and what you do in the real world is two completely and totally different things. So I kind of felt like my first day on the job, I was like, okay, I just went to college for four years and I don't have a single clue on what I'm doing in reality. So (laughs) yeah, and and then in the movies too. um, I think accounting can be fun and you can be happy. And um, especially in today's world, they really work on work-life balance or within our firm really works on work-life balance to be able to have both of those. So school does not completely prepare you on what counting is in the real world and neither does the TV. (laughs) I felt so prepared. (laughs) Are you saying movies in higher education are not all the things that you think they're going to be? I am shocked. That was that I'm just blown away. You're not the first person I've heard that from either because I was talking with uh, one of our income partners, Devin Path, and he was saying, you know, you can go to school and learn everything that you need to learn, but like that first year and a half, year, year and a half on the job, like it's going to be, you know, a whirlwind of like, this is what it is actually like working in the industry. So definitely one of those things where like you can learn it all on paper. And I think probably, um, good plug for our internship program. Yeah. If you want to figure out what it's like, uh, sign up for an internship because. That will probably at least give you a closer idea Slightly. as to what you'll actually be doing. So, And I think that, you know, the higher education thing is probably true of a lot of professions. You just, you get the idea kind of of what you're going to be doing, but not the actual practical application of it. Yeah. So, yeah. You get the skills, but like the workflow and yeah. everything else that comes with working anywhere, no idea what that's going to be like. And it's going to vary depending on where you work too. So, Tyler, was there anything, I mean, especially coming from a, background that was not that not at all that was there anything about your assumptions that you had about accounting that that changed when you started doing it oh yeah i uh definitely was one of those people who thought all right most of my schooling has been debit left credit right everything's fine um and then my first day here was in january so it was payroll season and they're like all right here's a bunch of 1099s go ahead and file these i'm like okay so what's a 1099 and what kind do I need? I didn't know there were so many kinds of 1099s. And then I got tossed into 2020 tax returns. And the first one they gave me was, here's a farmer, you have seven hours to do this. And I'm like, all right, great. So that's a big one, right? And yeah, it was. And so I did not, I was I was in the same boat. I was not prepared for all of the things that are going to get thrown at you right out of the gate. But I think that's good because then you can learn kind of as you're going. And you never really stop learning in this profession. So for somebody who likes going to school and learning things, it, it helps a lot that my job is now not so much going to school, but still learning things constantly. And I think we've had that. This, other people have said that just about that's one of the things that they do like about it is that you are constantly learning. You never, you never stop. And so if you are, if you do like just learning new things and always growing, always expanding your mind, that's a good profession for that. There's there's government mandated variety in this profession. Um, I don't think that's why they're writing tax laws, but it at least seems to keep people entertained. So that's right. So thank the government for that one. Ooh. Yeah. 
we kind of went over how you got here, what you like about it, what you don't like about it. I like to get a little more granular and say, like, you know, what is a good day for either of you? Like, what is a day where you walk away from it? You've done something that day. You just feel really, you know, happy with where you're at and what you've done. What's what's kind of an example of maybe what would have happened on a good day? I mean, of course, every day in accounting is completely different. So there's lots of different aspects of what would be a good day. But um, any day I get to work on taxes is a good day. And any day that I get to help a client would be a good day. And this is going to sound nerdy, but I also really like it when um, non-agriculture people within the firm ask me questions that just like make my whole day. So my favorite question to this day was, is a bull considered breeding stock? And that one <laughs> made my whole week because it just made me laugh. <laughs> and I tried to be very politically correct and not make them feel silly. But um, yeah, I do really like um, getting the agriculture questions from within the firm as well. That's awesome. That's a great example. That's something. Tyler, what about you? A uh, good day for me is a day where I feel like I got something done. Not necessarily checked off my list, but kind of like Katie said, if I helped somebody, whether it's a client or if I helped one of my coworkers down here in the staff room do something, I just want to feel like I I did something versus just showing up. So some days, even you know, if I check off a bunch of things off my list, it doesn't necessarily feel like I did something, but I just like to feel like I've accomplished something that was worthwhile during the day. Uh, the other thing I like to kind of ask about, so Katie, you have a little, you, you've got a leg up on Tyler in this aspect, but you've been in here for seven years doing stuff. What's like one of the weirder uh, client interactions or just things that you've worked on so far? When the COVID hit and everyone got sent home, um, that was an interesting point of this career where we were all working together and then all of a sudden we all got sent home to work remote. I live 30 miles from town. And at that point in time, I had internet that was super, super slow. And I have never had to learn patience so much in my life. It was <laughs> waiting for net internet <laughs> to, loan, to run my office computer. Um, so I'm going to say that was a very interesting time, which I know lots of bad things came out of COVID, but that actually became a blessing for me to get to work remote um, just because I do live so far from town. The first time I had to call the IRS, um, that is a day that will forever be engraved in my head because I was so excited when a person answered and then they're like, I'm sorry, I have to restart my computer. So you're going to have to call back. And I had been on hold for so long and I was like, no, you can't do that to me. And they did it to me anyway. So those would probably be my like two most interesting things that stick out in my head. How long have you been on hold by the time they restarted their computer? A couple hours. I was Ooh. so, <laughs> I was like, no, like this can't be legal for you to do this to me. <laughs> violate the Geneva Convention. <laughs> yeah, they didn't care. <laughs> did not care. They must have had HughesNet as well. <laughs> apparently, apparently. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting that you mentioned that aspect of it too, because you know, before COVID, everybody was pretty much in the office working together, and now we're recording a podcast from three different states. So pretty much, <laughs> pretty neat. Yeah. Right. Tyler, have you had to call the IRS yet? No, I haven't. <laughs> I've always Just been able wait. to kick that up to somebody else. <laughs> Above my pay grade. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything that you have done that has just been either odd or unexpected? Well, I've never really had a normal year since I started because I started in 2021. Then so we got hit with all the pandemic stuff and we're still getting all that stuff. But 
I always got kicked the weird projects of, hey, new guy, go learn this thing so none of the rest of us have to. <laughs> so I got tossed on doing PPP loans for clients, like getting the evaluations done for those. I worked a lot on the ERP stuff that was this year. Yeah, those have been my weird things that I just get tossed those those projects. The funniest side when it was PPP season, we uh, had tattoos named that said PPP for life. And uh, they were like temporary tattoos. And a couple of us thought we wore those with pride for like a week and a half that they lasted. I don't know what Hughesnet will think about this podcast, um, but... I made enemies with Hughesnet, college professors, you just grow on a list. <laughs> we're not going to send this to college. We're not going to let them know. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Find That's out. good. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Yeah. And now the legal stuff. This podcast and associated communications are intended to provide general information about tax, finance, investment, and other financial matters. Although key security and LTD has made every reasonable effort to ensure that the information provided is accurate, we make no warranties expressed or implied. Be aware that this is not a comprehensive analysis of the subject matter covered. It is not intended to provide specific recommendations to you or your business. Investment advisory services are offered through Advantix Planning Partners. Commission-based securities products are offered through Advantix Investment Services. Member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Visitor services are offered through licensed agents of Advantix Planning Partners. 3200 Boulevard, Suite 100, Dallas, Texas, 75019. The Avantix entities are independent of and unrelated to CPS Financial Services, LLP. Although Avantix does not provide or supervise tax or accounting services, our financial professionals may offer these services through the independent outside business. Not all financial professionals are licensed to offer all products or services. Financial planning and investment advisory services require separate licenses. Hey, Evan. Hey, Hillary. Got a question for you. What is your question? If A is for apple and B is for banana, what is C for? Kumquat. Plastic explosives. C for C for. Uh, oh. You know, you would think that at McKinley firm, I'd, I'd be aware of numbers, but didn't, didn't even see them coming. Nope, that one, Joko Boom.